0: your host, Connor McKnight. Welcome in to White Sox Weekly. I am Connor McKnight. You've got ESPN 1000, and we have so much news about the White Sox for you this morning. Getting closer and closer to opening day. I mean, my goodness, right around the corner and teams, including the White Sox, are making final, last-minute trades to set their rosters for opening day. Lots to talk about, obviously, Top of the list, the White Sox traded Craig Kimbrell for A.J. Pollock. It's a one-for-one deal between the White Sox and Los Angeles Dodgers. Kimbrell and Pollock just have to walk across parking lots to get themselves all set in spring training. Those two teams, of course, share a facility down there at Camelback Ranch, uh, but this is about a lot more than just walking across the parking lot and putting on a different jersey for Kimbrell and Pollock. For the White Sox and for the Dodgers, uh, this trade kind of fit needs for both teams as they think they're both in contention windows. The White Sox, obviously, looking to get out of the first round of the playoffs. The Dodgers looking for another World Series after winning the shortened 2020 season. And Craig Kimbrell and A.J. Pollock may just do a whole lot to enrich the odds for both the White Sox and the Dodgers. Want to talk about that trade with you today? Of course, not all roses, but for the White Sox over the last 48 hours looks like Garrett Crochet will miss the bulk of the regular season if not the whole thing and some of next still looking for a second opinion uh, but the initial MRIs on Garrett Crochet after he left a start while well, relief appearance 2 nights ago after just one batter looks like you will need Tommy John surgery again. A second opinion is forthcoming, but it looks like the White Sox might have lost a very talented talented pitcher. Got a lot more to get to throughout the course of the show. Still some rumors kicking around, but let's get into the Craig Kimbrell and AJ Pollock deal. 312-332-3776. That's the phone number. 312-332-3776. White Sox fans, You've been waiting for a solution in right field for a while now, years, I guess, if you really want to count it back to a guy that could you know, potentially hold it down for a full season and and kind of be that elite level of uh, both production and defense that A.J. Pollock can give the White Sox. What do you think about the move? How do you feel about the Craig Kimbrell trade, both the one that happened last season where the White Sox were pushing in to have one of the more elite bullpens in 2021 and the one that happened just yesterday, the Kimbrel for Pollock deal. Want to know what you think? I know this has been a long time coming for White Sox fans, but it looks like the, uh, if not the final, then the biggest piece of the White Sox offseason here in 2022 has been acquired by Rickon and company. You can uh, hit us on Twitch as well. We're streaming uh, at ESPN Chicago, ESPN 1000 Chicago on Twitch. Good morning to all of you, especially P-, P Black. We love everybody twitching uh, long term there in the stream. We'll talk to you during the breaks. You can find us on Twitter too at ESPN White Sox. That's the Twitter handle for the station. And for the network, all of our cool stuff that we're doing throughout the game, your chance to get in touch with Len and DJ, you can find it all there at ESPN White Sox on Twitter. You can follow me at C1McKnight. Going to be bringing you a whole lot of stuff throughout the season from the ballpark and, you know, here at the studio as well. More and more interesting stuff in the ballpark than it's going to be here at the studios, but that is what it is. Jake Cantu's our producer this morning. Morning, Jake. How you feeling, my man? Good, good, good. Good. Early morning, but uh I'm here. Jake's our uh, Jake's our new guy. He's in now. Tyler's been promoted. Jake is our guy. I uh I assume the baton has been passed. Tyler has anointed you with whatever uh strange traditions go over there on the producer's side. So welcome into the show. Looking forward to having you, my man. Thanks for having me, man. Awesome. So we've also got uh talk to Fabian Ardaya. He covers the Dodgers. For the Athletic, uh, he actually covered the White Sox a few years ago, then the Diamondbacks, I want to say, and then the Dodgers. So you hear from Fabian in a little while to get his perspective from the Dodgers side. He watched A.J. Pollock over the last two years, got real close to him, um, and get a scouting report from a guy who's seen him play over the last few years. So here's how I see the trade. Um, this is a pretty good one, all things considered. And it's pretty rare, I think. To have a one-for-one deal the way the Kimbrel and Pollock thing works out the White Sox and Dodgers. You know, Usually you see sweeteners or cash moving back and forth, prospects or something like that. It's pretty rarely a a one-for-one kind of thing. If you look back through some of the timelines of reporters who know, uh, guys like Bob Nightingale, for instance, uh, there was a discussion between these two teams. The Dodgers apparently weren't thrilled with picking up the entire $16 million on Craig Kimbrell's contract. This is according to Bob Nightingale, uh, but the White Sox were able to do that. The, the deal is essentially cash neutral, which I'm sure you've heard. Um, it sounds like the White Sox will pick up the $1.5 million assignment fee attached to A.J. Pollock, so the, the money kind of evens out. The White Sox effectively have moved Nick Madrigal and Cody Hoyer and a few disappointing months of Craig Kimbrell for their what I imagine is a starting outfielder in A.J. Pollock for the 2022 season. Now, that's one way to look at the trade. I think the White Sox, you know, listen, heading into this season with a combination of Andrew Vaughn and Gavin Sheets and LeUri Garcia and Adam Engel all heading out there to cover um, one of the corner outfield spots and some starts in center. You know, uh, Luis Robert probably won't start 162 games in center field. He'll have some days off and Adam Engel's there for that. Uh, now A.J. Pollock is there to cover just about every position. Pollock won a gold glove, was an all-star back in 2015. That was obviously a while ago. He's playing in his age 34 season now, but from all accounts, and again, you'll hear from Fabian Ardaya a little bit, the defense still plays. Pollock can cover center field just fine. Thank you so much. He's been primarily a center and uh, left fielder in his career. He's got a couple of games in right, but that's way back in 2012. It's a decade ago. Figure though, and according to uh, Tony Larusa down in Arizona, down at Camelback Ranch, right field's not going to be much of a problem for Pollock. You get to a point where you're, uh, you know, you're, you're this level outfielder, you know, that kind of top tier kind of defensive stuff. You can slide from left to center to right pretty well, and it sounds like Pollock's going to do exactly that. Now, there are, there are some issues with both Kimbrell and Pollock, right? I mean, this trade gets made for two reasons. Uh, one is that the White Sox had a, surfeit, a a surplus of relievers and were looking to trade Kimbrell because they had a handful of guys that could do what he does. And the performance last year wasn't exactly what the White Sox wanted and what Craig Kimbrel wanted, to be fair, uh, down the stretch in 2021. For the Dodgers it's just another year for the Dodgers. They're loaded with hitters. They have too many people for not enough spots. Gavin Lux is a good young player that figures to get a lot more time. Now that AJ Pollock is out of the mix, um, they get to take a guy in AJ Pollock who was really good for them last season. And we'll get into some of the numbers and some of his performance numbers uh, in just a little bit here. But, Pollock is also a guy who has struggled to stay healthy for most of his career. You know, the injury concerns are there, and that's kind of why the Kimbrell and Pollock thing, I think, matches up. You've got concerns. Maybe on either side, has Kimbrell put away his struggles from the second half of last season? I don't know. Has A.J. Pollock put away his injury concerns? No one can ever really know that, so the, the two sides seem to match up a little bit there. Pollock had hamstring strains, one on each leg. Last season, he missed about a month. Uh, had a fractured elbow that cost him 150 games in 2016. Had a fractured thumb, another elbow surgery in 2019. He has, though, been fairly durable recently. If you look back at the game logs, he played 55 of 60 games in 2020, which isn't, you know, I mean, that's, that's no small feat, right? I mean, you had that weird offseason. So many guys were, were getting hurt with soft tissue injuries and all this kind of stuff um, into 2020, and that's seen itself play out a little bit in 2021. So Pollock, you know, tapping off 55 of 60 in 2020 can't be just outright dismissed. He played 117 games last year, 2021. But here's where I think, you know, White Sox fans, I, I, it's fair to get really excited about A.J. Pollock. If you look through his splits, just the work he's done with the bat, he's a career 281 hitter with a 338 on on-base percentage and slugs 482. Now, that power's come on and, and back a lot for Pollock over the last two seasons. His career slash line against right-handers, he hits right-handed. And as the White Sox, and I know White Sox fans, we thinking, ah, man, you gotta get a lefty stick for this lineup. They just need one more lefty bat, preferably with a little bit of pop. To really belong and, and, and challenge for the top tier in the American league to go into that second and play for, you know, play for a pennant, play the second round and play for a pennant. You want that lefty stick. Well, AJ Pollock covers right handers pretty well. He's got an 802 OPS against right handers in his career, a 279 hitter, 338 on base, 464 slugging. Not all that bad, would you consider? That's the short side of the platoon for him. That's, as a right-hander against right-handers, the harder thing to do. Last year, though, he crushed righties, which is something the White Sox could use in the lineup when you look at what they were able to do last year and in 2020. Last year against right-handed hitter, right-handed pitching, A.J. Pollock had a 9.02 OPS, 3.01 average, 3.53 on base, and slug 5.48. A.J. Pollock was better against right-handers last year than he was against left-handers. So that's something to look for as well. I think Pollock's going to fit in really well. I think the mix now, too, that's, that's kind of the big thing about the White Sox depth chart in the outfield. You figure Aloy Jimenez and Luis Robert are going to get as many at-bats as you can possibly get them in 2022. Robert's on the verge of breaking out, and written up by a lot of people as one of the next best players in Major League Baseball. White Sox fans saw what that was last season when he came back from the groin injury. He was absolutely terrific. He was dominant in the playoff series against the Astros, one of the few White Sox hitters who could really be counted on every single plate appearance to give hell to the Astros, and that was a good thing to watch. Robert is supremely talented and thought of by many to be a a guy that can challenge for one of the best five players in Major League Baseball. I saw MLB, uh, I think just MLB Network came out with their top 100 players right now. I believe Robert was the highest rated White Sox. And if he wasn't, it was Tim Anderson by virtue of playing shortstop and having done it for a little while longer. So uh, that's neither here nor there. He and Aloy Jimenez, they're going to get most of that time. I think Pollock now becomes your third most played outfielder. And I, I say that because Tony Russo, I say it that way. Because Tony La Russa has talked a lot about using the DH spot to mix around and get guys kind of that half day off. He specifically mentioned Yasmani Grandal when talking about that half day off for a lot of people. Um, he will use it, I would imagine, for a guy like Jose Abreu, for a guy like Aloy Jimenez. I would think that A.J. Pollock could get some DH work uh, just trying to take that half day off, knowing the injury concerns that have popped up for Pollock throughout his career. Um, But this is a big time bat. And really, when you when you think about what the deal does for the Sox and how they're able to kind of recoup what their plan was heading into the trade deadline of 2021, you know, they trade for Craig Kimbrell. You give up a long term future asset, Nick Madrigal and Cody Hoyer uh, to a certain extent. You pick up the option on Kimbrell thinking this is going to be a thing that's still valuable to us, whether he's in our bullpen, you know, should should things shake out a little differently, or he's in someone else's bullpen and we've made this deal. And it turns out they were right. It, it took longer and, and needed the marketplace to kind of shake out some, uh, much longer than we thought. There was that whole, you know, 99-day MLB lockout thing that set everybody back some. But they were able to turn That Craig Kimbrell option that they were pretty confident about being able to value at a certain level into a starting outfielder. That's the area of need. I think a lot of White Sox fans be as, as the biggest need for the White Sox heading into the 2022 opening day. And they got it done in acquiring A.J. Pollock. So this is a big, big move for the White Sox. 312 332 six. That's the phone number. White Sox fans, you want to talk about this trade or really anything uh, around the White Sox, now is your time. This is your show. We'll hear from Bobby and Ardaya after a quick break. Get you some highlights from A.J. Pollock to do all the fun stuff. Um, and we'll get into the Garrett Crochet news as well. Like I said, it's not all roses for the White Sox this morning. Uh, out in Humble Park. Calling into White Sox Weekly, it's Josh. What's up, Josh? How you feeling, man?
1: Hey Connor, how's it going, man? It's going good. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, first time caller, long time listener. I listen to all the shows. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, it's my, it's my first time playing fantasy baseball, man. And what a coincidence! I got the number one overall pick. Oh, there you go. Uh, yeah. Any uh any suggestions, any any tip of advice you kinda help me out
0: with? Yeah, I mean if you're going number one in a fantasy draft, you you can't go wrong with Mike Trout and you can't go wrong with Juan Soto. I feel like I feel like you take my advice for fantasy baseball players, my brother and I have been playing in the league for a while. We just pick fun players. Pick players you think are fun. And you're going to have a lot more fun when your team ends up being bad in the middle of the summer because that's how fantasy baseball works, Josh. That's how it goes. But I say, you know, that Trout or Soto thing, Juan Soto, yeah, you really can't go wrong with either one of those guys. It sounds good, man. Thank you.
1: And I'm a Sox fan as well, so I know. Kind of try to snag up some of the guys like Eloy, Luis, and all all them guys.
0: Yeah, man. If you're if you're looking in that, appreciate the phone call, dude. So if you're going one, I figure you're probably in a ten or twelve team league. You probably got the snake draft thing going on. You got that back. So you're going to draft one. You get yourself Trout or Soto, something like that. That means you're drafting what is that twenty and twenty one? Then if you're in the twelve team or ten team league, so on that turn, I like to go. You know, because you're going to go one, and then you got to wait a while for the two picks in back to back. I like to go with a a top-tier starter there. You know, wait around. You're going to see some of that pitching come off the board. Injuries are going to be an issue there, too. You see some of that, grab that pitcher, and then grab your next best hitter, that position that hasn't quite come off yet. That's my advice when I got the snake. That's how I like to play it. When we come back, you'll hear from Fabian Ardaya. He covers the Dodgers. You'll hear a little bit more about A.J. Pollock. And I have some advice for you, too. You should bring your family of four to a White Sox game starting at 70 bucks with a family four-pack presented by ExxonMobil. You get four tickets, four hot dogs, four drinks, and four chips to select games. Plus, with every purchase, you have a chance to win mobile gasoline for a year. For tickets, visit WhiteSox.com slash four-packs. More White Sox Weekly next on ESPN 1000.
1: This is White Sox Weekly on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000.
0: We are talking White Sox. This is White Sox Weekly. If you miss the show, we put the podcast up on the ESPN Chicago app. So listen on your time.
1: White One Sox five. Weekly. ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports. The 1-1 pitch. Hit in the air.
0: Left field goes Peterson at the wall. It's gone. It's A.J. Pollock. A.J. Pollock is now a White Sox. He'll be hitting dramatic home runs on the south side in 2022. You can reconnect with your group at Guaranteed Rate Fields this season, no matter the occasion, we have a variety of spaces that are sure to meet your needs. After all, White Sox games better with a group. For more information, visit whitesox.com slash groups. I'm Connor McKnight. This is White Sox Weekly, 312-332-3776. That's the phone number. Been talking a lot about the A.J. Pollock trade. The White Sox have picked up. their presumably starting right fielder. They've exchanged Craig Kimball for AJ Pollock. Kimbrel to the Dodgers, Pollock to the White Sox. And opening day is next Friday. Gosh, looking forward to. It. I mean, not like not like the next like the coming Friday, the next Friday we all live. White Sox and Tigers. Uh, it's the White Sox and Diamondbacks tonight. Spring training continues. They got the night game. Lance Lynn and Merrill Kelly. Merrill Kelly's got some new paper. Good on him. A two-year, eighteen million dollar extension for the uh, young hurler. Of the Diamondbacks, be fun to Lance see watch see and watch Lance work tonight too. Uh, out to the phone lines we go three one two three three two three seven seven six. It's Kevin in Oakbrook. He's on White Sox Weekly. What's up, my man?
1: Nothing much. Um, so since then AJ Pollock went through, do you think that be someone like Gavin Sheets or someone of that caliber becomes expendable for back in back on the
0: pen relief or starter? Um, there was kind of, there, there was like people floating around the idea on Twitter that it would, to get, say, like someone like Minayo would take mm-hmm. someone of the caliber of like Colas, Cespedis, or Norhe Vera Plus. Yeah. I don't know. Kevin, I appreciate it. I, I think it would cost somebody to get like that, to get Sean Manaya away from the Oakland Athletics. Uh, Manaya is the starter there, and it has been rumored. I'll read you what Bob Nightingale tweeted uh, yesterday about this time. Oh, well, let me find the right one. Ah, yes, there it is. Bob writes, the Chicago White Sox would also love to acquire Oakland A's starter Sean Manaya before opening day, joining plenty of other teams who are in pursuit? In case you haven't been keeping up on everybody in baseball, the Oakland A's are one of a couple teams just offloading contracts and going through the rebuild sort of thing. Sean Manaya's is a good starter for them. Uh, White Sox fans are pretty familiar with Sean Mania, uh, having seen him a couple of times. Made his rookie debut in 2016. Uh, lefty starter, pretty big dude, six five two forty five would fit well into the rotation. Made 32 starts last year and held things down to a 391 ERA, a 104 ERA plus flagged a little bit late, probably better in the first three quarters of the season than he was in the last quarter. Uh, but that's, you know, it's coming off of a 2020 thing and all that kind of stuff. good, good, good young starter. He is in his walk year though, uh, 30 years, so I shouldn't say he's young, he's 30 years old um, in his walk year. So that'd be that kind of deal. I think it would cost somebody more than just Gavin sheets to get Sean Manaya away from the Oakland A's. The question was, and Kevin asked it, I think, in a good way, does this trade for A.J. Pollock make Gavin Sheets expendable? I hesitate to say expendable about any of the Major League-ready talent that the White Sox have on board, right? I mean, we saw last season what long-term injuries to Aloy Jimenez and Luis Robert did to outfield depth. And that's just not me being, you know, super cautious about not wanting to repeat history. That just – listen – The way this season is going to work, I think, with how compacted these 162 games are going to feel. you know, We took a lot of off days away. We've added in some double headers in order to make 162 fit into the schedule. It's going to be taxing on a lot of people. So I like the opportunity to have depth here. And let's not forget, with Pollock comes a little bit of injury concern. So having those extra bats... Um, to mix into that outfield is probably going to matter for the White Sox. Now, should the White Sox trade for Sean Manaya? You know, is it worth giving up some assets like that? Yeah, I, I think this is a push in now kind of situation for the Sox. You know, I, I'm glad to see that um, you know they've, they've kicked the tires on the big lefty from Oakland on Sean Manaya. I'm glad to see that this is a uh, you know kind of a win now mindset. Pollock certainly is. He's got a player option for next season, but if he plays well, it's only a ten million dollar player option. So you figure if he plays really well, he's probably turning that down and hitting free agency. That'd be the guess for me right now. But with Mania, he's definitely hitting free agency after this year. You know, unless you work out an extension like they did with Lance Lynn after they traded for him. Uh, but those are fairly rare. Manai is good, and I I think there are going to be a lot of teams, there have been a lot of teams interested in him and Frankie Montas out of that Oakland A's rotation. That gets me to the Garrett Crochet conversation here, too. We found out yesterday from GM Rick Hahn that the uh, MRIs on Crochet's left elbow did not come back looking good. There is a second opinion scheduled, but it sounds like Tommy John surgery is going to be in the works for Garrett Crochet. Now that affects the White Sox both in the short and long term. Crochet's a top first round draft pick. A guy that got into the majors in 2020. Out of relief and was blowing people away. The Sox have held out hope. More than held out hope. Have been pretty adamant about Crochet's ability to be a starter long term in this league. And this was going to be his graduate year. This was going to be, I think, his you know kind of Michael Kopech type season of 2021 one that saw him work primarily out of the bullpen and in some longer outings, you know, multi-innings, multi-inning relief appearances, and also get some starts, maybe in some of the double-headers, maybe in some of the long stretches where you want to mix in a sixth starter and perhaps get a couple innings out of Garrett Crochet. That's not going to happen for the White Sox this year, and it's not going to happen for Garrett. I feel really bad for him. I know how hard he's worked. I talked with him a little bit in spring training when I was down there a couple weeks ago, He's worked really hard to get himself into the shape, uh, and it's a tough shape to get into. You know, one that you're ready to take. You know, some of those short burst three batter outings, but also, you know, get a little length in you and and be able to pitch five, six, eight, nine outs, something like that. Nine might have been a little long, but still something of that nature. But also carry you know five, six, maybe even eight starts in the season. Crochet's a long-term piece for the White Sox, too. You know, I mean, if you play out the next three, four, five years, putting Garrett Crochet into your theoretical rotation for 2025 and 2020, it it made a lot of sense. You know, that's the hope for the young man. But instead, he's not going to get back more than likely until some point, maybe, maybe early and maybe middle of next season. So this is a setback. For Garrett Crochet, and it's really unfortunate to boot. You know, that's that's the second lefty in the White Sox pen, and he's a really good one. Aaron Bummer is obviously the top left-hander in that White Sox bullpen. Garrett Crochet is that next guy. So elsewhere on the roster are uh, Bennett Sousa and Anderson Severino. And it does sound like one of those two is going to make the opening day roster as the White Sox second lefty. They both throw pretty hard. Severino a little bit harder than Sousa but both guys you know can stay right about 95 with Severino touching I, I, I've seen reports that he's touched 98 99 um, neither have much major league experience if at all um, it's uh, Severino's been up I guess with the Yankees I think for just a, a tiny little bit but it, it's it's um, it's an experience issue for both of them Severino's 27 Sousa's 26 so I, that's going to be, they're going to be that second lefty. But if we're talking about trade opportunities for the White Sox, sure, you know, we've seen reports from Bob Nightingale and others that they're in on Sean Maniah and kicking the tires at the very least. I wouldn't be surprised if at the deadline, or maybe even before, because who knows what this different looking major league schedule is going to do to when teams attack and, and try and acquire talent, um, they're, that the White Sox aren't looking for, for somebody in that bullpen. This is, you know, yesterday took. The White Sox bullpen, which at the time had Garrett Crochet and Craig Kimbrell in it and turned it from one of the elite bullpen, I mean elite, elite bullpens in the major leagues into a good bullpen with the chance to be a very good bullpen once Joe Kelly gets back. And that looks like that's going to be at some point in April. You know, there's there's better arms that are going to mix into this thing. But that good bullpen's a good bullpen. But make no mistake—you know—they they step back a little bit with the trade and the injury, so it, it now becomes a place where the White Sox may look to add a little bit, you know, come the deadline. We'll see what injuries look like too. I mean, I, I think—and I've said this a number of times on um, on different shows on the station, you know, whether it's Waddle and Sylvie or Cap and Jay Hood or Carmen York—I've talked about it. From what I heard in spring training, most teams, if not all, are really concerned. About what this schedule in a shortened spring training may do to pitching, not just starters but everybody. That's why you saw, you know, teams that are contending like the White Sox go out and grab as many arms as Vincent Velazquez and uh, Joe Kelly, and, and grabbing you know all kinds of guys that can cover up lots of innings at a time, perhaps three, four innings at a time. In the case of Vince Velazquez, you're going to need that kind of depth on your roster in order to protect other short burst arms, other shorter relievers and and starters too throughout the season. 312-332-3776. That's the phone number talking about the big trade. Craig Kimball for AJ Pollock. The White Sox have their starting right fielder. You can join us at guaranteed rate field on April 12th. That's the home opener. The White Sox take on the Seattle Mariners at 310. The first 20,000 fans receive a 2021 AL Central champs pennant presented by BMO. To purchase tickets, visit WhiteSox.com promos. You'll hear from Fabian Ardaya of The Athletic when we come back. White Sox Weekly on ESPN 1000.
1: This is Chicago's home for sports. On app. The ESPN Chicago app. In HD. 100.3 HD2. And of course on AM. ESPN 1000. This is White
0: Sox Weekly. High fly ball. Deep left field. Pop to the wall, it is caught. AJ took it away. Pollock robs Machado, and the Dodgers stay in front. Ladies and Ladies gentlemen, and gentlemen. Sox fans, you can now watch the story of TA7, the story of Tim Anderson. The second episode is out. It's the official Tim Anderson documentary presented by Nike. See how Tim turned his lone baseball scholarship offer into a shot at the big leagues. For more information, call or text 312-674-1000 or visit WhiteSox.com or on the YouTube page. Just search TA7, the story of Tim Anderson. We talked with Scott Suttles his high school basketball coach, who was a heavy-featured player on that first episode just last week on White Sox Weekly. By the way, if you missed any White Sox Weekly episodes, or if maybe you're tuning into this one late and you're like, hey, where did I miss all the A.J. Pollock conversation? Uh, Just download the ESPN Chicago app. All of our shows are available for download on the app. You can listen to all the White Sox Weekly that you could possibly hope to listen to. Uh, You're going to hear from Fabian Fabian Ardaya in just a little bit. And he covers the Dodgers for the Athletic. We talked to him just after the trade was done. He filed his report and gave him a call. We talked about the deal and A.J. Pollock a little bit. Get to that in just a second. I do have just a couple of, uh, let's see, news and notes kind of thing. That's right. I said news and notes because that's what we do. Lucas Giolito and the White Sox have agreed to a contract. They have settled their arbitration uh, differences. 7.45 is the number for Lucas In his second year of arbitration. So that's good to go. Uh, Tim Anderson will miss the first two games of the season. His suspension from last year. Where he uh, it was the whole dust up with the Tigers. And Tim kind of pushed back on an umpire. Because he didn't know it was an umpire. Everybody was on the field. And he's getting popped for three games. He's appealed that. It's dropped to two. So he is not going to play in the first two games of the season. Instead uh, he'll play in that third game against the Tigers. Couple roster moves as well for the White Sox yesterday, amidst the AJ Pollock trade and learning that Garrett Crochet was likely to miss the season with Tommy John surgery. Matt Foster, righty reliever, Jake Berger, who you all know, infielder and fun dude, Adam Hazley, all sent to Triple A Charlotte. Uh, so those roster moves got made yesterday, and and one that got made earlier this week, I want to say Wednesday. Zach Collins was optioned to Triple A Charlotte. It's his last option. Um, Sebi Zavala, it looks like, will be the backup catcher to start the season, though you figure uh, the White Sox will flip uh, those in and out, as they did last year as well. All right, so to it we go. I talked to Fabian yesterday uh, about the trade for A.J. Pollock. Fabian covers the Dodgers, has for the last couple of years, knows Pollock well. Uh, We got into it. uh, Didn't get into it. It wasn't a fight or anything like that. We just got into talking about the trade Fabian Ardaya covers the Dodgers for the athletic he's been all over the place actually covered the White Sox for a little bit but he was on the breaking news of the Craig Kimbrell trade over to the Dodgers AJ Pollock is the return thanks so much for coming on really appreciate it what can you tell us about how quickly this came together it sounds like uh, there weren't a lot of sniffs about Kimbrell or Pollock either and this seemed to come together real easy for the Dodgers and the White Sox
1: yeah, it came together really the last couple of days. And it made a lot of sense throughout the spring, probably throughout the winter as well, especially after the Dodgers signed Freddie Freeman. You looked at their lineup. Obviously, they are incredibly deep. They still are. Uh, but it made a lot of sense. Uh, obviously, they had some guys who were going to be fighting for playing time. Uh, Chris Taylor, Gavin Lux, those guys were probably going to have to find uh, probably sporadic at bat. So having a chance to be able to add a closer like Craig Kimball, especially when they couldn't re-sign Kenley Jansen, they made sense. Made sense to do so while being essentially the money being exchanged is pretty close to the same on both parties. So, payroll wise, a similar spot it, it made a lot of sense for both parties.
0: What kind of guy is AJ Pollock in the clubhouse? What kind of hitter have Dodgers fans seen over the last year or so? I mean, obviously, the health can be an issue for Pollock at times, but what kind of hitter can White Sox fans expect?
1: An incredibly consistent one. Like, I think that was the most notable thing especially last season obviously that Dodger lineup was really productive but there were stretches where they weren't hitting uh, there was a 2 month stretch in the season where i think they were one of the worst offenses in baseball and they still were winning a lot of games but uh, the guy who was really leading that lineup that stretch was AJ Pollock he's an incredibly consistent hitter incredibly consistent player they used him a lot against lefties but he was able to hit righties well as well so he's just an incredibly consistent player uh, I don't think there's anything about him that necessarily jumps out as far as like being a superstar, but the fact that he's able to not necessarily have the, any weakness to his game is what makes him the star-level player that he is. And he, he's been incredibly valuable when he's been healthy. Obviously, like you mentioned, the health has always been there, especially as a Dodger, but when he's on the field, he's been an incredibly productive player.
0: Fabian Ardaya of The Athletic, who covers the Dodgers, joining us here on White Sox Weekly, talking about the uh, A.J. Pollock and Craig Kimbrell trade. Uh, what, what were the issues that Pollock dealt with last season um, and the season before? Uh, what has he done to, at least in spring training so far, kind of let him be a bit more available uh, now to the White Sox since the trade?
1: 2019 was more like a freakish thing. Uh, he had an elbow issue, then that led to an infection when he tried getting that corrected. So that was sort of a more of a freak thing. Last year was a lot more lower body hamstring issues. He had three different stints on the IL for hamstring issues. That sort of cropped up throughout the season. Uh, but it, honestly, the Dodgers did a good job of kind of uh, managing when he was on the field, making sure that there wasn't a lot of injury issues there. He was pretty healthy this spring. He had one game where he they scratched him just because of general soreness, but like it, it wasn't anything serious. Uh, it, it's been sort of this type of thing that. A lot of the injuries he's had to deal with have been uh, more freakish issues, but last year was a lot more soft tissue.
0: When it comes to the Dodgers, I I wonder from that perspective, Kimbrel will I assume close and go back to that role? Has he talked a little bit about what that comfort level is going to look like for him?
1: Yeah, he sort of talked about like he's he's putting on shoes that he knows fit. Like uh, he didn't necessarily he made sure he was clearly he wasn't necessarily mad at how the how the White Sox were using him. Uh, that he was comfortable pitching in any inning, but he did a, sort of allow the fact that, like, obviously he has a lot of comfort pitching in the ninth inning. He's pitched a lot in the ninth inning throughout his career, and he's been really good at it. And I think he, he's excited by the opportunity to really continue doing that as a Dodger. It makes a lot more sense to do it here. And, I mean, it, the way the, this bullpen lines up, especially with, if you can pencil in for the ninth inning, then you have Blake trying to the pitch at any point in the game. The rest of the bullpen kind of locks into place. Uh, and it really makes the rest of the bullpen look a lot stronger.
0: Fabian, really appreciate the uh, the thumbnail on this. I know you got a lot of work to do and a lot of writing to do, get done for the Dodgers in this trade. Appreciate you coming on. Appreciate the perspective.
1: Yeah, of course. Thanks for having
0: me. You got it. So some good stuff there from Fabian. Uh, you can read his stuff on The Athletic. He and James Feagan, who covers the White Sox, for that same site, have teamed up to kind of cover this trade and, and do it really well. Fabian's a good dude. Looking forward to seeing him at some point during the season. I think too, you know, what the trade for Pollock does. I think more than anything else is offer that starter that pushes some depth down into more reasonable roles, and maybe even maybe reasonables. Not even the best way to put it. I just think comfort is a factor here, right? Whether it's Andrew Vaughn learning a brand new position or Garrett she- uh, Gavin Sheets doing the same thing of a Garrett Crochet on the mind, uh, those guys we were asked to cover a lot and learn a lot last year, all while facing major league pitching for the first time. It's a lot to put on guys and, and credit to both Vaughn and Sheets for being able to handle what they did when they did. I think they're both still going to be pretty critical players for the White Sox in 2022, assuming they're both on the roster. It is possible I think unlikely, but possible that one or I don't know, maybe even both get traded for big time pieces either before the season starts or at the deadline. They are, after all, uh, the big time future pieces who are paid, you know, a little bit less than stars. You know, Vaughn and Sheets are both on their rookie deals and those are coveted pieces for a lot of teams that are looking to rebuild like the A's. So, or, or other teams that, that might end up moving, moving guys around at some point later on. You know whether that's going to be for a starter or whether injuries pop up, whether you're looking for relievers, things like that. You know those are the kinds of guys Sheets, Vaughn, others for sure. Uh, but those are the prospects that the White Sox have you know valued really highly by virtue of that. Other teams value them as well, um, and those are the guys that that people might come after. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. That's the phone number. We're talking about the AJ Pollock Craig Kimbrel trade here on White Sox Weekly. Oh, I, I should let you know too. Far from now until April 8th, Sox fans, you can lock in your summer outing with our Diamond Suite Flash Sale. You receive up to 40% off a 20-person suite to select games. Take advantage of our customizable menu, scoreboard message, parking passes, and more. For more information, call or text 312-674-1000 or visit WhiteSox.com. When we come back... There's a couple of changes to Major League Baseball in 2022. We I heard some of them in a uh, an MLB conference call about how the game's going to be um, officiated next year. We'll get into some of those details. We'll take your phone calls as well. It's White Sox Weekly on ESPN 1000. Follow
1: Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitter at ESPN 1000.
0: Welcome to White Sox Weekly on ESPN 1000. 2022 Chicago White Sox are presented by Guaranteed Rate. Visit rate.com to learn how Guaranteed Rate helps turn people's belief in a new home into action if you believe you will. And to catch all the action on the field, secure your spot with a 2022 ticket package. Full 40, 20, and 10-game plans are available. Visit whitesox.com or call or text 312-674-1000. We're getting closer and closer to opening day, and we've got all kinds of of baseball news in the last month or uh, last month of the, the spring training in the last few days in the last 24 hours i mean it's just been piled on and on we knew that spring training would be a condensed sprint of five weeks what what i didn't think we'd really really come to grips with is just how much all of this news would pile on top of each other i mean just yesterday Rick Hahn, the White Sox GM, is announcing. Uh, well, the White Sox are announcing the trade of uh, Craig Kimbrell for AJ Pollock, a huge move for the ball club. That starting right fielder, uh, more than likely, an AJ Pollock is now acquired by the team. Uh, Craig Kimbrell moves on. The the deal for uh, really to, to try and win a pennant last year that didn't work out is now moved on from, and a and a big time bat is acquired. In that like same hour we find out that Garrett Crochet is likely to miss the season with Tommy John surgery. His elbow, uh, the MRI, did not come back all that great. So it's just, you know... Some good news and some bad news. We swing back and forth. There are trade rumors out there. Apparently the Mets and Padres are talking about a deal that might move Eric Hosmer and his salary to the Mets. Chris Paddock could go over there as well. Uh, those are in the reports. Bob Nightingale is reporting that the White Sox are among other teams that are trying to get in on Sean Mania, the lefty starter from the Oakland A's. He would do quite a bit for the White Sox rotation, really any rotation that picks him up. He's in his walk year at age 30 and a good pitcher for sure. Um, I was also, uh, Major League Baseball had a, had a conference call about rules changes for 2022. Kind of get everybody up to date on what was going on. And one of the things that was announced by MLB Communications just two days ago was covered in this. Um, and I think it's a really good thing. I'm really glad that we, especially here on the Hard uh, Rock Casino White Sox Radio Network, are, are going to have this in baseball and something that Len has talked about quite a bit. I've talked about it quite a bit. DJ's talked about it some, and I think it's more beneficial to uh, radio listeners than it's going to be even for TV watchers. You know, I know there's all kinds, but we love it when you listen here on ESPN 1000 home plate umpire, the crew chief is going to make an announcement when plays are up for replay in the game. And then once the umpiring crew goes over to the replay, Puts the headphones on, looks at the monitor, hears from, hears from downtown what's, what's going to happen. Uh, the crew chief's going to come back out and through a microphone that you will hear on the broadcast announce the result Of the replay challenge. I love it. It's just like in the NFL. It's just like in, you know, places where replay is done well and properly. They're going to actually do it this year. Now, that's been in the CBA with the umpiring union uh, for the last couple of years, but obviously due to uh, COVID. In 2020, shaking up the season and last year being what it was, uh, there were uh, a couple of things got pushed back. A couple of priorities got reshuffled, and that's understandable. But this is a really good thing for Major League Baseball that I I think will be beneficial to listeners and watchers alike. You're going to hear... The results of that replay on our broadcast uh, instead of kind of guessing at things. I remember a couple of calls that um, I had with DJ, a play at third base where Adam Engel had kind of overrun things in the into the outfield. It, it's just really hard to figure out exactly what the umpires were determining was the um, the operating issue on the field at the time. Because they don't announce things. Often in baseball, because of the nature of the game, many things happen on one particular play, right? I mean, there's the fielder and who he tags first. If there's two guys on a base, which was the kind of situation I was talking about just a second ago. And you're not sure if it was that. If there's an out-of-the-baseline issue going on. If there's all that kind of stuff. Maybe the batter runner overruns the runner. And you're not sure exactly what the umpire is calling this is going to be a lot more clear for fans who are listening and watching. I'm very glad that that's now in the mix for the season uh, in 2022. There's some other rule changes. We've went over them uh, in the last couple episodes. You can download those on the ESPN Chicago app. So that's there too. And uh, the last thing I wanted to do here before we get out, well, I guess second to last thing, I was just, you know, in the last break, I was kind of I was like, okay, let's look at this White Sox lineup. Where does AJ Pollock fit most for the White Sox in this coming season. I was looking at his career splits. And I, I'm i not a guy who puts a whole lot of stock into the batting order. I don't think a lot of runs are lost or won in terms of batting order. I'm not a believer in, in protection necessarily the way we've talked about it for decades in the bigs. Some are and, and some would argue with me pretty stridently. I, I get that. That's fine. Pollock has been mostly a one- or two-hitter in his career. He's got a mix, though, of about 80 to 90 at-bats, you know, games, rather, um, in the third spot, the fourth spot, the fifth spot, the sixth spot, the seventh spot, the eighth spot. He's a damn good hitter who mixes in just about everywhere. So I, I mean, you're kind of drawing this out. If if Tim's up at the top and Robert's hitting second, maybe Abreu third, yeah, that's a lot of right handers sure. So maybe Moncada or just Monty Grandal could bat in that second-place spot. The cool thing about Pollock is, is that he covers both sides really well? So even if there is that right hander out there to start the game, Pollock hits righties well. So you don't have to worry necessarily about that, you know, back and forth platoon option or or what that split looks like. And I think that's why, in the course of his career, uh, as much as anything else, he's been able to be in a lot of different spots in that batting order. Boy, you just you know you go all the way one through nine now with Pollock in there and that White Sox lineup just got a whole lot longer and more difficult for opposing pitchers to go through. Uh, Pat and Brian have the hockey show. They're coming up next, but this is the last thing I want to mention on the show today. Um, yesterday marked two years since Ed Farmer passed away. Um, Ed meant so much to all White Sox fans who listen to the broadcast. He is a forever a member of the White Sox family. Um, I remember my time working with Ed quite fondly. Um, I know Darren is, was very, very close to Ed. And I got to tell you, um, we'll pull back the curtain just a little bit. There, there truly aren't many days that go by, uh, certainly last season where we're not up in the broadcast booth and Ed doesn't come up. He, he just, he had that effect on everyone. If you met Ed, you loved him. If you heard Ed, you loved him. Ed always told you what he thought about things and his love of baseball was infectious. Um, so it's just, a, you know, when, you, when you're thinking about White Sox baseball today, and we've been in the news quite a bit, think about Ed too. Uh, two years yesterday, and we miss him all the time. Pat and Brian have the hockey show next. Thanks for listening to White Sox Weekly. It's ESPN 1000.